because he jumped down trying to handle the situation further, and the good Samaritan killed him. So this is one of those, uh, what you call, public service homicide. It makes him an even better Samaritan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Police said human remains were found inside a car. Inside a car! At the bottom of a Westchester County Reservoir, what are human remains doing driving a car? They may have been there for decades. The vehicle was fished out of the Muskoot Reservoir in Summers on Tuesday. I know where Somers is. Oh, you know where Somers is. It's not Summers. No, that's Somers. S-O-M. What about, uh, you know, these remains? Did you hear anything about this yet? No, I have not. It's a grisly discovery, according to the Post. Cops announcing it on Wednesday. That was in LowHud.com, which is a great newspaper of the Lower Hudson. Police have not identified their... I mean, I swear I read it. Uh, police have not identified their remains, but investigators said the car was pretty shitty. So somebody who had a piece of shit car... No, they said that they're reopening a 1989 missing persons case connected to the submerged vehicle. So they should be able to identify that pretty quick. The subject of the probe was not revealed, and the New York State Police conducting a forensics examination of the vehicle. Now, if they can find... A VIN number in the middle of a bomb explosion scene in Nashville. I think they might be able to find something on this one, too. How how gruesome is the scene that it's how many years old? 30. I think it said 30 years old. As much as 30. I don't think it was very gruesome. I mean, yeah, it's at that point, it's just sludge, right? <laughs> it's, your body is sludge inside a pair, inside a pair of hands. It's bones in, in mud. Yeah, bones, mud, sludge. This is the this is the car right here. It's all burned up. It looks like, but I guess it just would look like that from soaking too. Like you could buff that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need a nice rubber mallet. You can make it look like like new. Uh, I guess they drove into the reservoir. I mean, I guess that's that's what happened. Now, but this would look. This looks like, you know, they could have gone out the window or some shit. This obviously those windows are broken out. So you know, you always want to have manual windows if you drive into a river because you can roll them down, but an electrical system goes dead immediately. You can't roll your windows down if the power windows. So what you do in that case, you've got the power windows, and if you leave a crack, you're fine. So if you're driving into the water. Have the presence of mind, if you have power windows, to make sure that one of them is open a little bit so that you can let some water into the car, equalize the pressure, and open the door. I've thought about this a lot, and I've never driven into the water. <laughs> it's, that's, it's wasted, really, you know. I'm not a Kennedy, for Christ's sake. Edward Timbers, a spokesman for the City Department of Environmental Protection. He said there are no concerns about the remains impacting the quality of the water in the reservoir. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> you just mix in a dead body. There's enough water in there. It kind of just disperses. If there was a problem, I think it was a long time ago. You think that's no longer a viable corpse to cause any kind of health problems? No, somebody drank that water 30 years ago. But then again, it's not, it's not like uh, it's not like the, 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 the driver died of yellow fever or something. <laughs> I don't think car accidents can be... <laughs> Caught, he said the water is tested hundreds of times a day, every day. I mean, you could just say that, though. Right? Oh, we test it. We test hundreds of times. How many? Thousands. A million times a day we test it. How would we know? They're testing for body parts in the water? (laughs) Yeah. So you guys running tests for, like, (laughs) you know... (laughs) Enzymes, bodily fluids, things like that. Are you, are you? The only thing that would be off would be the the pH. It's not. What's pH stand for? Even the. F- Good. Now I'm going to sound stupid. And no. <laughs> oh, the pH it's of the, the water. Yeah, the acidity, whether it's uh, acid or um, mushrooms. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's tested 100 times a day, so clearly they would know if that water was stoned. In total, more than 360,000 annual tests of NYC tap water demonstrate that it remains safe of the highest quality. Timbers said the reservoir has a maximum depth 30 feet. And that's, uh, I'm not going to give you a source on that. You don't really need to take my word for it, okay? It's a reliable source. How many people were drinking that water? What, eight people maybe suck up? Some well, I, I thought we all like uh, it, it sounds as if I mean, it's a reservoir, so it probably goes throughout the city, right? It's supposed to, I guess. Is it the, is the water that we flush down the toilet the same water type? I mean, the same at that point that comes out of this that comes out of the fucking sink? 
I think so. Yeah, why wouldn't it be, right? It's water. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> oh, no, I'm fucking toilet water. I can't, I can't go up there. <laughs> Human remains, always a good story. We, you know, we opened the last show with, uh, we, we opened it with something else, but we talked about this guy who was found uh, in the water over, he was in the East River and he had like fucking, he's tied up and he's beaten up. His, you know, his, 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 died of blunt force trauma and drowning both both of them so that's that's you know i yeah. just want to know what the water quality is <laughs> I was, we don't want them drowning in shitty water but we also discussed on crime report the good samaritan who jumped into a manhattan subway tracks to save a strap hanger he was shoved by a naked naked homeless man who uh you know jumped back down in once the guy was trying to save the guy that he had thrown down there i guess he hadn't been down there but he threw the guy into the subway tracks this crazy homeless guy mm-hmm guy that was not able to keep himself out of the tracks from a crazy fucking homeless naked guy <laughs> and you, you know you see that guy coming you see that guy coming you get in the middle of the platform he, you're gonna notice that yeah e- even in new york it's not like oh no it's normal it's a naked guy is always a thing and you're not gonna ignore that because you definitely don't want him coming near you you don't want him coming near you and and you, you don't necessarily think he's gonna push you jump you <laughs> pick you up and bodily throw you but then again, you know, if he does, you're, you're kind of at a disadvantage because he's fucking naked. Naked, yeah. You don't want to fight that. You, you're just trying to keep it. It's like a weapon down there. You want to keep it away. <laughs> but, it, but it's, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. The guy probably stank too. Probably. He's homeless and naked. He smelled much better after he was cooked, which he was because <laughs> he jumped down trying to handle the situation further and the good Samaritan killed him. So this is one of those, uh, what you call, public service homicide. It makes him an even better Samaritan. (laughs) (laughs) If the train would have run him over, the best Samaritan that he could possibly be. But the guy was dead anyway. Yeah, he got taken out. He grabbed the third rail. Third rail is the one that's under that one, you know, you can see it. It looks just like it's a, uh, like like an I-beam sort Mm -hmm. of, I guess. And that's where the, the rail's in there. Uh, that that was Ty, Tyler Harrell. That's uh, the the good Samaritan guy. He's from Samaria, which is what a coincidence that he would do this. And he's from Samaria. Uh, he told the Post on Sunday that he uh, left into action at the 110th Street Lenox Avenue station when nude attacker Malik Jackson. He's this is the uh, sixth Jackson that they don't talk about. <laughs> Malik. He w- he was very light skinned He had uh, 23 prior arrests though. So. <laughs> Three of them were probably the day before. I'm not going to. I don't think give myself a lot of editing to do here, but no, he was. He's pretty. Yeah, he was. Everybody involved was pretty light skinned. Malik, you know, he pushed a man onto the tracks, leaving the victim looking lifeless on the rail bed as the number three train rounded the bend. This sound, did, when I said that, did you just hear like a rounded the bend? It should be coming around the mountain. You see the steam coming out of that big fucking train chimney, whatever fucking it is. So as the train riders screamed in horror, Harrell jumped onto the tracks, tried to help the victim to safety, prompting the stark naked Jackson to leap after him. He was like, don't you, what the fuck you doing? He didn't want the guy to get involved. I threw that guy down there for, for a reason. reason. <laughs> I want him there. And that guy was, yeah, looking lifeless. So he jumped down there. And he was just, this guy is subject of at least 15 prior disturbances. They, they, that's what I like about the Post. I feel like the New York Daily News tries to whitewash all this stuff and make it seem like the guy never did anything he was going back to school he was getting his life together he's got a job program he's spending more time with his kids and all five of the mothers the post is like yeah he had a lot of prior arrests okay before we get to this this guy a lot of disturbances 23 prior arrests he was naked when he was doing this what could you say good about him at that he was doing his laundry he was getting his life together (laughs) Trying to have some clean clothes. He was subject to at least 15 previous disturbances, disturbance calls in the neighborhood. Eventually, eventually, it was within about five seconds he hit the third rail and was totally electrocuted. Uh, Harrell is a Missouri native. That's the show me state. He showed they, they came to the put that thing away state. He's a disabled former serviceman. I'm not a hero, he said. Sort of heroic, I think, to jump down there. That guy would be dead probably right now. Very likely. What really wraps this story up for me is that he was a good Samaritan and he was from Samaria. From I mean, Samaria. Samaria, you Missouri. You. <laughs> I mean, that's... Uh, <laughs> he was raised right to do 
the right like 12 to 18 year old boys I work with. He works with boys. He says, I try to teach them. It's not what you've done. You're on probation. I'll keep it real. I'm on parole. <laughs> but you can be the change in the world you want there to be. Do you think that you can be the change, Al, that you want there to be? And do you think that these 12 to 18 year old uh, kids on probation can be the change? I try to teach them they can be mentors. I think so. You might not think so. I think you can be the change. <laughs> you no. can be the folding money if you try hard enough. Be the enough. change. No, you got to be the bills here. I just, I don't know. It, you're, I, I know what you're saying. It's, it's very difficult for them because, you know, they, they, they don't have the resources and access to resources and resources to access. And there's just so much wrong. Social justice. He said there are about 25 people on the platform. That story, you know, you get it. This guy is, is quite, I want to talk about the forgotten borough. Hey, 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 hey. Bar owner down in Staten Island has really been, oh, I mean, pretty fucking ballsy already. They have these restrictions in place. And you go, why don't they just open up anyway? Well, this would answer that question because this is what happens when you do that. He's the owner of a popular Staten Island bar. It's called uh, Max Public House. It's in Grant City the neighborhood. They flouted the COVID-19 restrictions because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and he became a flashpoint for anti-lockdown demonstrations a lot of people making the trip on the, I guess, on the ferry and over the bridges to come down to Staten Island, the Forgotten Borough, and protest in front of Max saying, like, this is bullshit. He got fined a lot of money. I think 50 grand in fines, I believe. Uh, and he's, now he's been indicted for selling booze without a license because they took his license away. But this grand jury did not charge him uh, for hitting a sheriff with his Jeep. Which they say there's video showing that he did that. I haven't seen it. I did hear that. Staten Island Grand Jury indicted. Uh, his name is Daniel Presti, Max Public House. Now, I would go down there and patronize that place right now if I could. But I bet it's closed. <laughs> unlicensed sale of alcohol and running an unlicensed bottle club. This isn't the guy that they took all of his money from, was it? Or was that the gym owner? I would think. Well, the gym owner, eventually he got reinstated. Somebody got that their, was in Jersey. their legal fund money taken Oh, right. From like GoFundMe? Right. I think this guy's GoFundMe is still active. Uh, it's uh, it's not mentioned in the daily news, surprisingly. But yeah, I think. And here's the other thing. Um, he declared it an autonomous zone, his bar, which is really fucking this. He's got a, he's got a real uh, he's got a lot of courage, I think, to do that. With the, with the trend that's going on now, him hitting the cop, he no charge there. So that's at least it's I consistent. Mean, right. 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 And yeah, a public battle against covid edicts by Mayor de Blasio and Governor Cuomo, which they were ridiculous. A curfew, like they said, at 10 o'clock, they know that everybody makes their money between 10 and 12. Mm -hmm. Between 10 and 1, these hours are when people drink. They go, no, 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 we need to, like, what do we do, a curfew? We need people to not make money, and don't think that's not what it is. Priesty defiantly declared his Max Pub an autonomous zone, just like they did out in uh, Portland, or Seattle, wherever it was, and, and refused. It was Seattle, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Refused to shut down and, and help uh, stem the spread of the coronavirus. You, you are a fucking break, man. But it could start as if people start doing that, if other people would have caught on, it could have started a whole thing. Civil disobedience. We're running our businesses. You can't stop us. Well, that wouldn't be a good thing. But you would think a, a bar would actually be one of the safer places because everybody loading up on hand sanitizer and everything. What's that full of? Alcohol, right? So yeah, what if are you're they in a bar, alcohol, yeah. right? If you're putting alcohol in your mouth, yeah, high likelihood it's going to kill any germs going in and out, right? You know what? That's what happens with uh, when you use um, antibiotics. It kills antibiotics. Right. So if you're gonna, if it kills antibiotics. I guess it cures fucking COVID. It probably, can, but the thing is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anyway because I don't think that there's a lot of eighty-five-year-old people going there. There might be a few, no. and and you know the average age of COVID eighty-two, the average life expectancy seventy-seven. So the average age of death from COVID is higher than the average age of death. I've said it before. We probably discussed this before. So isn't that ridiculous? You live longer. You got to get the COVID to stretch your life out a little bit. It seems on average, yeah. They should be encouraging people to get it at that age. 
It's already been made public by his own attorney, Mr. Priest. He was also given the opportunity to testify in these proceedings. He took advantage of that. After reviewing all the evidence presented, the grand jury voted that there was sufficient evidence to charge him. Uh, uh, Priestie was not ultimately indicted for assault. A law enforcement officer. It says this uh, altercation, December sixth, involved a deputy sheriff, part of an operation to close the pub, when Sergeant Kenneth Matos called out to Priestie the night of the clash. Priestie uh, allegedly jumped into his jeep and hit the gas. He took off, striking Matos, knocking the deputy onto the hood. I think that's the deputy trying to hold on to the hood and stay with him. I mean, like, who falls onto the hood of a Jeep, but whatever. Uh, Pressy allegedly kept driving and made two turns before he was stopped by a sheriff's vehicle. He had faced charges that included assault, menacing, reckless driving, and fleeing a police officer. On December 8th, after the Forgotten Borough Judge William Garnett ordered Priestie released without bail, the Legal Aid Society slammed the move. Legal Aid. Defense. Slammed. What the fuck is your problem? Saying it would, it should be scrutinized because people of color in the same situation wouldn't have been given the same treatment. Unless they start showing actual statistics and uh, numbers, this is absolutely That's ridiculous. That's sheer speculation. Sheer speculation. And, and, and also, if it was a black business owner who's trying to not get his business shut down and all these like Staten Island people were there, they'd be like, yeah, no, that's, we're not going to indict him. If it's just, if it's the, the kind of black people that they champion all the time in these things are always you know, criminals, career criminals, not business owners who are, who are mad at deputies. But how can you compare crimes now between black and white? So this, you're going to find a crime where a black person did the exact same thing as this bar owner did and now you can compare the two i mean even if you murder somebody no two circumstances are alike yeah the murder weapon may be but the, everything leading up to it is not the same yeah there's all kinds of so how can you things all kinds of uh, variables and stuff so yeah you can't really compare one thing to another <laughs> ever it's everything's apples and oranges to a point I but mean, they want to make everything apples and apples well, but yeah, everybody isn't an apple apples and apples and go like what's how come these how come these red apples get treated better than these yellow apples <laughs> Is that what color they are? Yellow, the other ones? Green. Green apples. You ever eat green apples as a kid? We have we had a tree, and I used to eat about six or seven. And uh, they would warn us not to do that because they would say we would get the green apple splatters. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny the shit you remember. That would never leave my head. No. Uh, the, the New York City Sheriff, that's uh, Joseph Fusito. He said Mano's slowly recovering, has a support, uh, and the uh, multiple evidence. It doesn't say anything about his injuries. You know what I mean? Like broken bones. He's slowly recovering. What happened? Broken ribs? Anything? The multiple evidence videos submitted, he said, to the grand jury. It showed the deadly physical force was deployed against a, an, un, a, a uniformed, I almost said an uninformed deputy sheriff. That's what it looks like. Uniformed and uninformed look very similar sometimes. You know, these this is not NYPD. These are deputy sheriffs and the sheriff. A sheriff? What the fuck is... What the, you never hear about the sheriff doing anything here. They obviously didn't teach him not to step in front of cars. Yeah. You don't step in front of Jeeps. <laughs> I mean, uh, people... You know what? Yeah, they, they if, if they would have been uh, Antifa in front of the guy, I bet you they'd charge the fuck out of him, you know? And I don't know about a grand jury, but a DA... You know, Cyrus Vance, he just came out and said, we're not going to charge any of these people for any minor protest-related crimes. Mm -hmm. Boy, did that ever send a signal. And look at what they're doing now. Yeah, look what happened. They caused $2 billion in damage across it. It was it was the most expensive man-made fucking thing, that uh, money-wise, that they caused. Because that next one was Rodney King riots, 92. It was like $1.2 billion adjusted for inflation. So, I mean, for Christ's sake, that's, what, 30 years ago almost, like 28 years ago. And finally, that record gets broken. There's been some riots between now and then, but this was huge for so long. And, uh, and 47 fatalities from the riots. Did you know that? 47 fatalities. That's crazy. That's a lot of fatalities. What? what, what when, you, when you look at the... Just whatever. Okay, I don't want to go too... Blue, how, yeah. how is State Farm going to play that commercial? Yeah, we've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the evidence was of equal or greater caliber. Then other similar deadly assaults where criminal indictments were obtained. Choices of the grand jury are beyond my review, but we stand by the investigation, blah, blah, blah. 
So it, they kind of focus on acts of violence and him not getting. They they really focus on what he didn't get indicted for more than what he did get indicted for, which is selling without a license. And I'm sure that he will never have a liquor license uh, again in that bar location. Anyway, it's very hard to get a liquor license. You lose it. It's a big deal. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, so this guy is like, well, yeah, we took your whole livelihood with this fucking vi- with these virus restrictions, and uh, yeah, and and what did you do? You tried to work anyway. You tried to run your business that you've owned and that you've grown and tried to make a thing. You know what? What's the matter with you? That can't be done. We won't let it be done. I really hate that. I really. This is like the most insidious kind of way to take over a country. But and they had to throw that white and black thing in there. Oh yeah, legal aid. I can't believe that they would object. Why don't they just be like, huh, we got a lucky break. Can't. Got to get it in there. Uh, I, I don't, I, I, race is about a tenth of the issue, really, than uh, people act like it is, I think. You know, black people, they react differently to racism because they sort of have like a, an idea that it may be there. They know they're going to encounter some shit, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm sure they have. And, then, and they probably go, you know what? I know the deal. But they have, having it explained to them by by you know white do-gooders who go no this is what happens to you structural racism and they're like uh uh-huh. <laughs> really do tell <laughs> the structural racism meanwhile is the fucking social programs that give them just enough to survive which is what they're trying to do with the whole goddamn country now did you see oh what is that hammer and hank he had 12 miles ahead in bases he passed away obviously uh, nobody news doesn't mention that he got the COVID vaccine like 12 days ago. Are you shitting me? It's not in any story. They they're not saying how he died. Wow! They always said COVID when it was going, on. but the vaccine but he had. They made a big deal before. because he got the vaccine, and that other guy got that vaccine. That politician 10 days before he died, mm-hmm. and there wasn't nothing wrong with him, right? I had a feel. I have a feeling Hank Aaron was probably still in pretty good shape. You know. This is, an athlete for christ's sake that is true i didn't know that well the vaccine i saw headlines that kills 55 more people that's the last update i saw so officially the vaccine has a higher kill rate than the virus does yes yep (laughs) (laughs) if you if you average it out i bet it does now the hunt for a violent broken serial killer ended where it began five years ago and that's inside the building where he lived alongside his three elderly victims he killed them all over a period of time he's a homicidal handyman and every handyman must be eyed with a considerable amount of distrust he's a handyman he does a little of everything he's handy his thing is like i can put up some probably some shelves and if you don't like it (laughs) you know what if i look like home depot (laughs) you know tough shit you hired a handyman you take your chances i mean that really is true if you're a handyman and and somebody's offering you some work right you're not going to say you can't do anything unless it involves heights and you don't want to do that i run my own business and i just do what i do um I've, Surveillance. Yeah. <laughs> now, I work in the contracting industry, but I, I don't do anything other than what I specialize in because you you always end up getting into stuff that it never goes right. You Let's put pre- it that way. Pretend there's like a union rule that you can't do that. Right? Yes. I was thinking, you know, and I hadn't mentioned this before, but a service that I could offer to the Hasidic community, you know, because yes. mm-hmm. women on their periods, you're not supposed to fuck them. I figure what I do be a Shabbos Goy for fucking women on their period for the Jewish community, the Hasids. Like, I'll do it. Because, you know, they, they have to want it every once in a while. I ain't afraid of it. Hell, I eat bologna and everything. <laughs> she thinks she thinks I'm a wild animal. <laughs> the lucrative business could be. Say, I'm going to have some barbecue, baby, and I'm going to come over and hit it. And turn the lights on. Oi. So uh, this guy, this handyman, the victims, like I said, all women between the ages of 78 and 83. So this is like, you know, he's he's like the COVID of serial killers. They often relied on this guy. His name's Kevin Gavin, 66-year-old serial killer. We have a serial killer in Brooklyn. Now, he's three people, which I think is the bare minimum. And, and it's over a period of time. This doesn't even, I mean. You don't think this rates? He's in the fucking building with them. They're the fucking have- ads on this guy. <laughs> Were you going to say anything? Somebody got killed up there. Did you? (laughs) Did you hear about that? Did you? I'll be damned. Did you? Be number four. But 
no to me this is the bare minimum it's it is it's, it's three people like you said over uh how many year time span i mean i've never killed anybody so i'm like, like batting it, zero but three over 66 not, years not for lack not, of trying you know i mean could be. <laughs> this seems more of a sizzle story than i, I wouldn't take three people as a serial me? killer a murderer yeah a serial killer come on they're, serial killers got to be have some white, kind of plan. White, well, oh, yep. Serial killer got to be white. They got it right. <laughs> they, there's black serial killers. So I've heard quite a few. And this guy does it, and it's just like you know, in the building. I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, it was uh, he was grabbed by police at the Powell Street building in Brownsville, one seven one eight, where the first slaying occurred, November two thousand fifteen. Okay, so it's over a, a slightly less amount of time than I thought it was. I thought it went way back. The most recent was last Friday. Uh, they suspected that Gavin was responsible for at least the second slaying when a key piece of evidence uncovered in the past few days helped link him to all three. He got cocky. got away with two. Mm-hmm. Went for that third. He had to go for the third one. He took advantage of his relationship with these women. As a handyman, you have a certain relationship with these old ladies. Um, violent Brooklyn District Attorney Eric Gonzalez said that he was allowed into their homes. Then he did unspeakable acts of violence against them. After the unspeakable acts of love, maybe. <laughs> These women were beloved mothers, grandmothers, neighbors. So I guess he would go in there and be working on some shit and then just fucking. When he says unspeakable acts of violence, I'm. That's kind of. Killing him is not unspeakable. No. no. Um, it'd have to be like, you know, a, a, a long bread knife in the ass. <laughs> I'd say that <laughs> that's unspeakable. And I just spoke it, but I mean, I, nothing's unspeakable well, here. Well, if they were elderly, if he strangled them with their oxygen cord or something, I mean, throw some details in there. You're just throwing a word in there that... Unspeakable. That's yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. Give me a hint. It's, a, it's a, No, it's unspeakable. Can't tell. I don't know exactly what he did. <laughs> but uh, it was bad. It was unspeakable, dude. <laughs> the, uh, the homicides left the building's 450 residents terrified of a killer lurking in their midst. Uh, the police sentence, which is weird, you know, these homicides over a period of time. Uh, the five foot ten, two hundred pound suspect, indeed a man who lived among them, resided on the sixth floor, as did two of his victims. He was killing everybody on the floor. Uh, he sp it says he sported a glass left eye. He didn't sport it. You don't sport a glass eye. You. <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's a, uh, uh, it's a uh, prosthetic. Right, but you, right, you're not sport, sporting something as you're sporting new shoes, a hat. Yeah, right, yeah, something jaunty, you know, maybe like a, a fucking, like a bow tie, you'd sport a bow tie. New feather boa. Anything, yeah, you, when you get a nice new uh, lingerie set that matches, you sport that. <laughs> you don't sport up. <laughs> you walk down the stairs, you know, and I, unless, around it, and unless it was gold, if then it, he was sporting it, then he's sporting with the it. diamond as the pupil. Yeah, he's got like a, like a grill. And fucking, yeah, that would be very much like, uh, I can't think of anybody's name today. No, I'm trying to think of that fucking uh, Death Valley 69 or whatever that rapper is. Takashi. Takashi 69. <laughs> Nobody's surprised it's him, said Esther Williams, vice president of the building's tenant association. Well, of course you say that now. To a lot of people in the building, he was intimidating. He was always approaching people in the building for money. Yeah, fuck it. You, why didn't you say this when the cops were there before in 2015? There was no way to get rid of him, she says. NYPD Chief of Detectives Rodney Harrison, he said the killer knew all three victims and would often help the women out with repairs and errands. So, you know what? He contributed to their lives as well as taking away. I'm sure that they paid him a little bit. You know, old ladies get out of change purse. Moths fly out of it, you know, and they, there you go. I, I've seen some old ladies with a big bankroll. Mm -hmm. did they get murdered for it i mean like i don't know if this guy robbed them or not yet because they're really being scarce with the details nobody could put two and two together in the building there's this intimidating guy always asking for money and he does have access to some of the apartments he lives on the same floor as those old ladies too. the two people that that died right yeah so um maybe you ought to talk to him ah nah None of the neighbors came out and with that bullshit story. Oh, he was such a nice guy. He helped out on the floor and very quiet man. He's a love the Lord. Gentle, he was a gentle giant. No, his his grandmother doesn't live there, so <laughs> no way saying anything nice about him. 
uh, Gavin with uh, nine prior arrests for drugs, burglary, and other charges. We have a career criminal on, on the sixth, sixth floor here with the drugs or drug arrest. Well, 66, I guess that's not that many prior arrests for drugs, burglary, and other. Burglary is a pretty big deal, though. And I, But it's Brownsville, so, I mean, there's bound to be somebody like that in a NYCHA building. Right. In Brownsville. It's not that unusual. But And, and he's helping out with errands and shit. But that means he has, he can get inside their apartments. To, that just seems like a... not shouldn't have been too hard to solve, but maybe they just couldn't find any evidence. I don't know. I mean, like, it seems like they could just get that guy in an interrogation room and just wait it out. You know, don't, yes, The I cops did. didn't question everybody on the floor? I mean, you'd think they you did, would think, right? You'd think, right? And then two people still haven't narrowed it down to the gentle giant? Yeah, right there on the same floor. Yeah. So, uh, for the third person, then it was like, hey, wait, there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. Might be a guy on the same you floor. Know, yeah. <laughs> How many other people on this floor? Him and one other? No, oh, that, that's vacant. So, just him. Hmm. All right. Well, he probably did it, right? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's uh, he's got proximity. He knows how to get in. He knows what he knows. I think somebody with familiar. It's they. You'd think they'd go. Well, the door wasn't crashed in, so it's somebody they let in. Probably not one of her relatives. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, look, I'm no. I guess you know, Monday morning detectiveing is is, is one thing. I'll have to talk to Pete Panuccio about this and see what he says. <laughs> you know. Uh. <laughs> I love Pete. Can't wait to see him again. The two other seniors were murdered inside their homes. Now, I'm going to come back to the one they just found. It was 2015-2019 with no arrests as frightened residents lived unaware of the killer literally next door. God, this is a shocker. I live right next to him, said one tearful building resident after Thursday's arrest. Seems like you'd be happy he's arrested, for Christ's sake, instead of being like, oh, my God. He, he'd be fixing little things for neighbors in their apartments. I'd always see him with his little tools. <laughs> I'd always see him with his little tools. I'm terrified of his little tools. Uh, Rayvon Evans is 62. Now, she moved in with Gavin six months ago, six months roommate. She offered a strange defense of him. She said, some people say that he really liked me. That's why he didn't kill me. I guess he did like me. But he wasn't a violent person. Never nothing. Never nothing. That's what she said. So she'd be a good character witness for this guy. Like, he liked me, but he didn't try to fuck me once. And I was in the house. So I'm glad that the standards are he liked me, he didn't try and kill me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first way you show you like a girl. He liked me enough that he didn't kill me. No, I mean, isn't that what a marriage is? You like them long enough to not actually kill them. You come close many a times, but I've never stayed married long enough for for that to become a factor. I mean I mean, I have, believe me, had those thoughts. <laughs> But I did not feel as if I was doing her any great favor not killing her. I just thought, like, you know, I loved her. Enough. If you don't hate your wife, then you don't love your wife. Right. <laughs> because with your wife, you will experience the entire range of human emotion. <laughs> Sometimes all in the same day. And some you didn't even know you had. Yeah, you discover new ones. <laughs> like, wow, you just hurt me in a new way. I think I'm stunned. The November 2015 killing targeted Myrtle McKinney, 82, too perfect, found dead in her kitchen floor by police. Authorities initially treated the case as death by natural causes, but it was ruled a homicide after an undertaker noticed a knife wound on the back of her neck. These guys are not investigating it very closely, it seems. So she got stabbed, but there was no blood in the apartment? There was a wound on the back of her neck. They thought that it was a... Natural causes. A heavy neck bleed from the back of your neck. Natural. Pete's going to have some explaining to do with this one. I think so. I think he really is. I think I, th- I think that it's... it's. Ve- I mean, I would like to hear what... I mean, I'm sure he'd explain... I think Monday morning anything is pretty fucking, you know... Did they have the Clinton cleanup crew on that case? Like, well, nothing to see here. Natural causes. Now, I'm going to be talking about Tish James in just a couple of minutes. That's our AG... She replaced replaced the degenerate Eric Schneiderman, and uh, you know, like uh, she is, uh, she's taking sides against the cops. Go, it's 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 a, that's a shock. You don't expect that from elected officials here. Uh, see, this is me doing. I was doing research on a, a little rabbit hole that I was down. I don't know if you ever go down rabbit holes, <laughs> but I was, <laughs> and uh, 
it's it was it, it was an interesting thing because I you know I was responding to a comment on on Instagram, and so you do this like I, you end up like just going to check a fact, you end up making a comment that takes you an hour and a half. It's a, it's a total waste of time. Nobody wants this comment to begin with. <laughs> you're just wasting your time and everybody else's. But um, yeah, and, and and so what if you're right about everything? Who gives a shit? It doesn't convince anyone of anything. Ever. Talking to Detective Pete Paduccio of the NYPD, 40 years with NYPD, Nightwatch Detective, now retired, recently retired, as a matter of fact. How are you enjoying your retirement so far? Pretty good. Yeah, you're hanging out with me, so it can't be too damn rosy. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we were just the talking. The highlight of my week. <laughs> hey, this, uh, there's an 83-year-old woman who, uh, she was murdered, apparently, um, by somebody, you know, and they think it was the handyman serial killer there in Violent Brooklyn. Two years ago, she was a grandmother and a great-grandmother. She was considered the giant tree of her family. I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, the oldest... Uh, the matriarch. There. Yeah, the matriarch. A family member discovered uh, Jacolia, Jackie James, her battered body inside her Carter B. Woodson house's apartment on Powell Street in Brownsville, 1718, April 30th, 2019. Police said Thursday that James was bludgeoned to death by... 66-year-old Kevin Gavin, who was busted in connection to the slayings of two other elderly women in the same complex. One just last week, the other in 2015. These guys, but he didn't start killing then until he was, you know, pushing 60 anyways. Uh, he was in, uh, he was born in Statesville, or rather this woman was. She was raised in Brooklyn. Her grandson, uh, yeah, told the Post. Okay, well, anyway, I'm not just trying to eulogize this uh, victim here, but... Um, it says here she was all about safety and most of all about fairness. Those two should not be in conflict. Sometimes we do find it uh, to be the case. Um, this guy also killed elderly uh, Myrtle McKinney in 2015, they say. She was fatally stabbed in the neck. He's held without bail. Um, and the most recent one was Juanita Caballero, 78. She was discovered on the sixth floor there uh, just this month with a cord wrapped around her neck, phone cord. So he strangled a phone cord. That's that's a murder that is that's probably a method of murder that has become you know less popular. Yeah, definitely. You know, especially with the advent of the cordless phone, even you know, <laughs> cordless phones have been around a long time. But yeah. you, you're, you're talking about a an elderly population here that still has landlines and mm-hmm. probably still has a rotary phone. I don't need no cell phone. I just give my home phone. I can make a phone call. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, this is an interesting case. Yes. Um, I, they're describing him as a serial killer and a handyman. Yes, and but the, you, <clears throat> serial I, killer, you don't. I him. would not call him a serial killer. Why is that? He may be a mass murderer, but not per se. A lot of the aspects that you would see in a serial killing, you don't see present here. And, and what are those? Is it well, he's not. When you get into the story, it seems that each incident was preceded by a dispute over money. So it turns out he wasn't charming or anything. <laughs> no, he's just a nasty prick. Yeah. And he didn't get his way. Lack of impulse control. Okay. And his method of conflict resolution was to kill these old ladies. I mean, he's a, he's a rather stout fellow from what I can see in his picture. And these are, you know, older frail ladies, so they're easy victims. Yeah. He's known to all of them. Yes, and, and that's not typically true with the serial Not killers. at all. Usually not true at all. Uh, and this is a guy that's just a nasty prick that decided, no, you know, they didn't give me my 20 bucks, so now I'm going to get pissed off and I'm going to go kill them. I was wondering what the amount of money might have been, and I was thinking it's going to be so small. You know, I mean, how much money gets passed from an old lady to a handyman? You know, I mean, not very much. Yeah, the um, 7-3 Detective Squad is one of the best squads in New York City. Uh, 7-3, 7-5, that area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, well, they have the most experience. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. But you have some really good detectives out there. Okay. Um, and may I say, though, that's it, it, it's interesting you say that because we were wondering how come this guy would not have come uh, under suspicion. In well, it other- sounds like he's been under suspicion since the original incident. 2015. Yeah. There's another article in one of the papers today about the, um, the home care aid for one of the victims. And she says, I knew it was him. I knew all along. And Yes. Okay. I think I have that article here, actually. It's all well and good, but it's also another thing to prove a case. Um, there are times where the police will have suspicions and pretty good founded 
suspicions about people, but you don't always have enough to just go out and drag somebody in either. Um, it becomes a, uh, a devilish question. Do you speak to someone? Will he lawyer up? You know, precluding you from speaking to him in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you have a lot, but you don't have enough. I see. And so, who, who makes that call? Is that uh, the detective himself? Generally, well, it, it involves the detectives, the supervisors, the brass, the DA's office. Um, sometimes these things get pretty heated where the cops will feel like, hey, we got enough to lock somebody up. And the DA's office says, no, we're not going to go with it. Mm. Um, it happens. Okay. Um, you know, the law and order issues. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, who's going to know better? Uh, I, you would assume that the DA would, but the DA might not be quite as uh, committed to the whole idea of arresting people and uh, getting... Make, you know, especially you know, in this day and age, they don't seem to be too much into prosecuting people at all. Yeah, no, they, you're right. And and especially, uh, you know, with certain type crimes and certain type individuals. But by and large, I guess that, that does go across... It cuts across all that stuff. What, what's unusual is that this is all taking place in one building. Um, that you generally do not see. Uh, right in the building. Yep. Killed three ladies, known to him, right where he lives. Which also leads me to the conclusion that this guy's fucking brain dead and reacts out of rage. Yeah, it's not a well-planned out uh, thing. No, not at you all. You know, a serial killer may act on, on certain impulses sometimes, but they're not... In their fucking building, uh, no. typically, I would think. No, serial killers don't want to get caught either. Right, they prefer to, to, to stay out so they can keep killing people, uh, I guess, right? I mean, that seems... Yeah, uh, this guy here, um, it's just, I, I, you know, it sounds good for the papers. Ooh, ah, serial killer. Nah, he's, he's more of a, to me, a rage killer, you know. Um, it could have been, he's not going to target a man that's going to fight back with him and possibly kill him right but he did say yeah he and, and he, that they owed him money you know? yeah so, in each yeah. particular case it was where he owed you know i'm sure it was not a huge amount of money he did of you know a small not. task around these people's homes yeah it's like i if you don't pay me 45 dollars i'm gonna this is not gonna be yeah good. this is not a guy thinking with a whole lot of brain power here that's thinking this one through that you know if you kill somebody well he's a handyman I'm not saying handymen are low IQ, but I mean, it's, it's you know the kind of person who has no yeah they have regular job ever. They haven't gone much into what his background is. He does have a criminal history, um, and I'm sure one of the first things the detectives did was ran the building, see who lives there, see who's been convicted of crimes, see who has active warrants. Well, yeah, I have the story here with the Brooklyn uh, Home Health. Thing he's a burglar. Had he, they caught? Oh, he's a burglar. Yeah, he's a, he's a that's right. Pressure burglar. I remember now. I remember now uh, that we that was detailed in the original version of the story that we read. This is Patricia Goodman who says, you know, had they had they caught him, that you know, then uh, these uh, two other people would have been alive. She's the one who discovered the body, by the way. Of uh, the, <laughs> they've already got a, the the body of a, a NYCHA. Oh, okay. He's a NYCHA a NYCHA serial killer's first homicide. He'll be the NYCHA killer, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, she was convinced from day one. She says, "Yeah, she. You know what? She's not going to like. What's yeah, she's out here giving all these press interviews and stuff. Under the criminal justice reform laws that were passed last year, the perpetrator has the right to go and inspect the crime scenes. So at some point, and it's got to be approved by a judge. Yeah, um, I don't know if she lives in that building. I think she lives in the area." But you'll see this jerk back in the building, you know, with detectives and court offices and lawyers and stuff. She's just lucky he didn't commit a crime in her house. Right. I would be really careful about talking to the media these days. I don't know why you'd be so, uh, you know, forthcoming about something like this. I mean, it's uh, it seems as if you just keep your mouth shut. She doesn't live in the building. She uh, lives a little ways away. She visited Brownsville's Woodson Houses on Powell Street near Dumont on November 9th, 2015. Check on her client, which is 82-year-old Myrtle McKinney. He's more like the COVID killer, you know what I mean? Because well, he's, he's, he gets these elderly people who have all kinds of infirmities, you know, and just hastens it up. Well, he's also a coward. I mean, he's not going to attack somebody that can turn around and kick his ass either. Well, it, it, that's also practical, Pete. That's just being practical. <laughs> But these are the ones who owe him money, you know. I mean, we don't. We, I doubt if it, if if it was a bruiser, you know, living there in Nigeria, who you know had him come in and hang some shelves or something, he's going to uh, 
you know, you probably hate women after a career of being a handyman. You know, you, maybe that's who you're working with mostly. I don't, I don't know of any guy who calls a handyman. It's always a woman. No, but uh, the, what the sad part is is that a lot of these elderly ladies are often the foundations of their families. They're well known in the community. People listen to if them. They have families. They're foundations. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's sad, um, but unfortunately, you know, you we sometimes get into these situations where you you have a pretty good idea, but you just don't have enough. Right. Sometimes you just don't have enough to go if on. If you don't have enough to convict, and then you then you you can't. Ex- like I said, I am not privy to any information about this case other than what I'm reading in the. But paper. that's not what you just said. You said you. <laughs> but uh, but you know, are people in the building cooperating with the police? Did anybody else? reach out and say you know what there may have been people who knew shit and they're just like i don't like cops or i don't want to get involved yeah Yeah. uh although people would be more likely to get involved uh four years ago than they would now maybe i'm not really sure like you said with the criminal justice reform it does not really uh, makes me wonder because you know uh, in some of those buildings out there you have people that are eminently capable of taking care of the problem themselves too yeah um i'm sure there's a few People in that building that, uh, you know what? Oh, yeah, he's doing what? Okay, we'll fix his ass. She said, when I saw her, I know something was wrong. Well, she was dead. This just should have been an obvious clue. She said, I said, this is not right. They say, oh, she fell. I say, come on, if you fall, how would you get right up under your kitchen table like that? That's, you know. I said, and her tongue is out of her mouth. (laughs) Something is wrong. Something's not right. That does make sense. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you fall down, it, you'll fall under the kitchen table and you stick your tongue out. But, you know, she's also not a medical examiner either. Yeah. She's a home health aide. And, and so they're going to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Why are you in? Why are you on the crime scene here? You know, Get the fuck out of here, you. No, I'm sure she was you, taken back to the precinct and interviewed. Um, well, the mortician in charge of embalming, he discovered a stab wound in her neck. And please say now uh, this is where I have a problem. <laughs> I have a big problem. Here. That's where it became a homicide. It says it's an issue. Um, generally, if a person dies at home alone, that body is supposed to go to the morgue. And I don't know what transpired here. There should have been a medical legal investigator, the MLI. People often call them the ME, but we call them MLIs. Oh, okay. Who? should have responded to the scene. Um, what kind of stab wound? I don't know, so I don't want to throw no asparagus here. One would presume it's a puncture wound um, if they missed it. You know, it's it's a problem. It's an issue. Hmm. That they didn't discover that. It, it's happened before. Where Surely not impossible. It can happen. You know, morticians have found marks on the body that, you know, Maybe other people should have seen beforehand. Detectives per se will go, will go to the scene. They'll look at the body, mm-hmm. but we do not roll people around. You don't do that. No, we don't. You don't that's, touch it. Why not? That's the medical examiner's job, not our job. So it's a union thing. Uh, it's an expertise thing. Oh, okay. Um, you know, and why can't you just lift up the shoulder and push? Yeah, that's not good. That's not good because yeah, yeah they can discover information that you can fuck up that way. Exactly. You know, you go to a scene, especially if you think it's a homicide. You know, that's it. Everybody step out in the hallway. I'm not going to stand around in the house. I don't want people touching things. But then again, I was a bit of a prick with stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you're a stickler, and you want to. You well, want it's because I don't right. want to see anything get screwed up because eventually. You know, somebody has to deal with this. Yeah, sure. And there's a reason, you know. You know, get your ass out in the hallway. And I guess they're looking for a pool of blood or something that wasn't there. You're not always going to get a pool of blood. Exactly. So sometimes you're going to miss shit, you know, if you're not rolling the body over or looking at, uh, uh, there's no other way to see it. But I guess what you're saying is if there was the uh, medical examiner, whoever it is, was there, they would, then you would be able to do that kind of thing? Uh, Yes. Yes. Um and who knows? I so mean, they don't show up on time. We don't know what transpired at that time. I know nothing of any of this. It could have been, okay, it looks like an accident. Um, if it's an accident, though, it still should have been. It, it depends. People can walk in and say, oh, she collapsed and died and went DOA. She's an old lady. Uh, if she has a history of, say, cardiovascular disease, maybe the family doctor will sign off on the certificate, and she doesn't go to the morgue. 
she winds up going straight to the funeral home. A lot of things could have happened. <clears throat> so yeah, that's why it, it got all the way to the embalmer. Yeah, which is still once it once it does go to the embalmer finds it, it's a little embarrassing. I guess so. Well, the guy says, uh, "I thought it looked suspicious. That's what I was supposed to do." The embalmer said that, <laughs> referring to uh, when he alerted the medical examiner of the wound. So I guess uh, they must put a tube in the neck or something there. Jack them full of uh, whatever they. Well, they, they will. Is that what he's talking when about? the body goes to the morgue, they will cut the clothes off, whatever's on the on the body. Mm-hmm. They'll wash the body. That's that's uh, assuming that they're not wearing their their best outfit that they'll want to be buried in. Well, generally you, you don't want to. You're not going to get buried in. You don't happen to be wearing your funeral suit when you get killed. No, or best dress. Um, she told the, she says she told the detective to look into into uh, Kevin Gavin a neighbor and handyman known for befriending elderly women in the building and charging them for our, for odd jobs. He would befriend them and then charge them for odd jobs. I'm sure they, they if she says that she told him that, and if in fact she did, I'm sure that the detectives probably did speak to him. said last week. Okay, yeah, so police said they long considered Gavin a suspect but did not have enough evidence to charge him until after a third victim in the building died. Uh, yeah, I think he is uh, kind of not right up here, Goodman said, of the suspect. It's a very astute observation. I assume she's talking about in his in his head. I mean, I don't know. Yes. It doesn't say where she's pointing, but uh, he took advantage of them because they were living alone and they would ask him to do things for them. He would, and uh, So that was the advantage to me he had, going into their home, doing things for them and they trusted him as a neighbor and a friend uh by the way this which, is a- which creates another situation because if the cops do ask him you know you, you can lie to people when you're questioning them and say well we found your fingerprints in there he's gonna say well you should find my fingerprints in there i'm in there fixing things all the time are you fixing her neck well <laughs> he wasn't supposed to be fixing that but but this guy's a burglar he's okay. a burglar he's a little bit cagey um, yeah, this is, he's a murderer too, apparently, maybe. But burglars, especially guys that have been caught and charged with burglary, uh, I'm sure they, 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 they know the line. They know what, you know, they've heard the same crap from other guys in jail. Well, yeah, my, I've been in there before. So you're going to find my fingerprints there. I, I fixed her toilet. His brother died in April and they, uh, presume that it was uh you know an accident i think but uh maybe they're going to take a fresh look at it no it, it depends on how we i mean they're not giving us much in the way of specifics as to how he died it was actually deemed natural as i'm sorry not an accident it was deemed natural i mean I, I, they're going to charge him with three homicides it is. i mean will they take it the next step and exhume the body who knows that's that would be a whole new level of fresh look, isn't it? Yeah, but it's been done. Uh, it's hard to get a body exhumed, isn't it? It's uh, you have yeah, to, you can. It, it's a bit of work, but you have to get a court order. In in a bizarre twist, this brother, this dead brother now, Leon Gavin, he told the news in 2015 when the first body was found, uh, McKinney, that he was shocked anyone would kill the kind woman. Uh, who in, in they quoted him? Who in their right mind would do this to a sweet old lady? <laughs> How did they miss this? <laughs> Hmm. Who knows? Who in their right mind? I guess uh, we'll look around the room. You may get your answer. <laughs> we don't know for sure, though. But uh, there's no sign of forced entry and stuff uh, in any of these. So I think that's also an indication, right, that it was not just – it's not just that somebody's breaking in and killing them. No. No. This guy's half a reprobate with anger issues and, you know, got pissed off at these old ladies. There's more about this uh, – from Goodman, the home health aide. Do you want to, should we talk about that? Yeah, well, she's, a, she's like a fountain of uh, information and knowledge. Crime scholar. And, and uh, Goodman's suspicions peaked after she ran into Kevin Gavin in the victim's hallway right before she discovered McKinney's body. So her, just her suspicions peaked before she even found the body. She got a lot of money, you know, Gavin told Goodman as he got off the elevator. Had. She got a lot of money. <laughs> She went to the bank. She got a lot of money. That is, I guess they, so they were talking about, that's, he, they were, he, they, they had a discussion about the woman where he just was. If he's saying she well, got a lot of she, money. I, I mean, where did she see him? Did she see him outside the apartment? As he got the off elevator? the, as he got off the elevator. Um, I don't know. That could mean a lot of, I, mean, I don't know. I guess, did I mean, they ride the elevator together, or was she just at the bottom and he was leaving? She says she ran to, uh, in the victim's hallway 
And then how did he get out? Of, how did he say that when he got off the elevator? I don't know what the. F- this doesn't make any quite make sense. No, to it me. doesn't. It's reading like a Daily News article here, <laughs> where you just go, "What?" And then you have to think about it. I shouldn't have to think so much to figure out what they're talking about. And, and you know what? I don't doubt that this is a, a good lady, decent lady, mm-hmm. who is going to get shredded by some defense attorney when she takes a stand. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, I, she's getting shredded by me, and I'm not even trained. Uh, no, but every article that she appears in, that's going to be brought up and thrown I'd be in her a, face. I'd be, I'd be a great cross like for defense. Aren't you full of shit? <laughs> um, I object. Um, now, uh, all of the slangs were motivated by petty payments, Gavin claimed. The women owed him for odd jobs, according to NYPD Chief Detective Rodney Harrison. So we'll see what the hell happened. Uh, but there, there's a lawsuit over this. They're suing over the killing because... Uh, that was fast. I assume it's... Uh, see, I, I hope the guy that comes prosecuted so my family can have may have closure and, and payments. <laughs> At the end of the day, I can't get my grandmother, grandmother back. So he's referring to that most recent one, I suppose. Uh, and uh, he says that his family are suing the city over the killing. And uh, in the most recent death, Gavin allegedly strangled Juanita Caballero. I'm so sorry. I'm all over the place. But it's a confusing story. The it, story was, it wouldn't poorly, be the most recent one. It would have been the second one, I suppose. The story is exceptionally poorly written. And that's saying a lot because you know, like these, these tabloid stories sometimes are not really perfect no but this is not a hard story to explain there's no reason to start with the second homicide jump back to the first homicide then I, go to the last homicide yeah, i'm not really sure why it's so weirdly written in the in the most recent death gavin allegedly strangled juanita caballero with a phone cord and uh, he stole her electronic benefits card and used it shortly after the murder tipping detectives off <laughs> we call that a clue <laughs> i you know he'd been apparently careful enough to evade arrest after killing two people. This one, no, just, that's he, pretty dumb. He just grabs the fucking card and uses it. I mean, that is really dumb. Yeah, serial killers generally think about what they're doing, how they're going to do it. Yeah, they're real they're smart proceed. and shit. And they, yeah, this is just you know they keep up with the latest crime solving. Uh, they listen to New York City Crime Report. So I, I hope there's not a lot of serial killers listening, but. If you're out there, hey, you know, I appreciate you know, keep keep subscribing. But uh, nobody's surprised it's him, according to Astor Williams, vice president of the building's tenant association. So a lot of people now are like, yeah, we knew. We told her that shit to a lot of people in the building. He was intimidating. He was always approaching people in the building for money. There was no way to get rid of him. One resident of the building where a handyman was accused of murdering three. She said the allegations are hard to believe. Shocked. 69-year-old woman who lived on the sixth floor of uh, of these of this building. It's the, uh, of course, the Carter G. Woodson house. She, she apparently didn't have any any need for a handyman. <laughs> I can always use a handyman. <laughs> he runs around and helps everyone, said the resident, who declined to give her name. He fixed things for you. He took out people's old furniture. He asked people for money. What? That's... This time. <laughs> it sounds like she's talking about what a great guy is, and then the third thing is he asked people for money. That's yeah. struck me. He, he boy- fixed things for you. He took out people's old furniture. He asked people for money. Yeah, he's a Boy Scout. He would ask you to loan money, and he paid you back. At least he did me. I guess he didn't so, see any reason to kill you. I don't see any bad qualities. I never saw him get angry, she added. Uh, Gavin uh, didn't have that tendency, she says, to push around or hurt anyone. Even though they accused him, it is hard to believe, she said. The neighbor remembered Caballero as a sweet lady uh, who uh, didn't let nobody in her apartment. Except the handyman. Except the handyman, sure, yeah. Maybe she just probably didn't let you in her apartment. You assumed it was everybody. Because she said, I don't let people in my apartment. But it, was, it was personal. So, hey, it's not unanimous, in other words, right? Not unanimous at all. It's, he's got his, this will be a, his character witness. Uh, yeah, well, good luck with that. Yeah. But, you know, this woman just was a, she's a firm believer in the handyman. You know, she does not think that this guy is the guy. Um, I guess we will see, right? But, uh what do you think? You think it's probably him? Oh, I think it's him. I mean, he was using the dead lady's card immediately after, so it can't be too hard to believe, right? Yeah, that's going to be a tough one to explain. I'm headed out to Indianapolis soon, or I may already be there. Really looking forward to that. And uh, we so that means crime report will be uh, shot at a... It'll still come to you live for all they know, but, you know, it's uh, an interesting show. It might already be shot for all... I mean, it could be... 
could feature Matt Moss from California talking about some of his stuff and also the floating head. I love doing a floating head, especially for a fill-in episode like that, you know? Green screen and float, make a head float. And so it's just guys, all you see is the head. It's, uh, it's amusing to me. We're easily amused there at Compound sometimes. Uh, thanks for being here, Pete. Much appreciated. Glad to be here, Pat. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. We bailed out a woman who could not make $25 in bails on finished work on social justice. And she had been put in jail for unpaid parking tickets on social justice. So imagine that social justice. Now, this becomes much, much worse in the age of Corona. Because the jails in our country have the highest concentration rates of coronavirus of almost any place. Social justice. Retard, retard, so retard. So cauldrons of corona and people like this woman are literally facing a death sentence because she could not put together $25 for the unpaid retard. parking ticket. Social justice. You are a retard.